Isn't it great to have Vince back with us? Where is he? Did he really go out with the kids? Vincent! Vincent! Bless you, buddy. It's good to see you. Wow. Two weeks away, made you up, and here he is today. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Wow. Wow. A couple of hand grenades before I start. I have got tons of time. I like, I like to throw a couple of hand grenades now and again. First hand grenade is this. It's first, uh, Second Peter 1 and, and 17 says this, talking about Jesus. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came from the majestic realm. <laughs> Listen what the voice said. This is my son in whom I love and I am well pleased. Ah, there's hand grenade one for you. I just pray that over you today that you hear the voice from the majestic realm declaring over you your sonship, your daughtership this morning. Wow. Second hand grenade is this. In first Genesis, God says, let us make man in our image, mankind. And then a whole chapter later in chapter 2, it says that he created out of the dust. Adam. So I don't know about you, but there's a bit of a gap there between one and two. And how do we marry that? Because he created mankind in chapter one, yet created Adam. You ever thought about this? No, you're probably not as weird as me. Um, He formed him out of the dust in chapter two. How does that work? Well, this is the revelation I got on it. The revelation is this, that God created mankind in his own image. He was spirit being. So maybe in chapter 1, we were created in the spirit before we were ever given a body. Just a thought. Hungry did too. That's got nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I don't think we're going to get any idea what I'm going to talk about. This week... um, I'm talking on power and authority, and next week is open worship, and then the week after, I'm talking again on power and authority. So this week, I'm going to kind of lay a bit of a foundation. This week, we're going to, I suppose the juicy bit's going to be in a couple of weeks' time, but we're going to have some fun today. We're going to have a wee bit of fun. So we learn authority, do we not? Depending on your culture... And depending on how you were brought up, you learn authority. Listen, I'm at, I'm, at, I'm at prison in the morning working with a whole bunch of men who have problems with authority. And generally that stems from where they learned their authority from, their father figure. So we learn as we go correct authority. So I've got a two-minute video, and it literally is two minutes, that um, I'm going to ask the guys to play about learned authority. I'm going to get lots of people saying great message before I even preach on that. You're sure fluffy kitten, you can't go wrong, can you? So we're going to talk about authority. And in our Western culture, it's really interesting, Pastor Banjo was here last week, I remember last time I went to his church and they, they, they gave me somebody who carried my Bible. 
who opened doors for me. I was scared to go to the toilet. (laughs) He even even took me to my car afterwards. Cultures, very different. In our Western culture, uh, I believe that after the world, after the Second World War, we we ended at at different fears. Um, Musicians like Bob Dylan and, and the Beatles there, yo, uh, they, they brought in, uh, if you don't know Bob Dylan and the Beatles and you don't know the 60s, neither do I, I was just born then, but um, I believe something shifted then and we begin to create a generation that become unhappy with authority. And they begin to see it as a, as a place of restriction and they rebelled against it. Just listen to some of the songs from that era. And we, we, we got a generation, what I call the me generation. We still got a lot of that around, even in the churches. A me generation. Democracy in our Western culture, it's dearly held in our society, isn't it? Yet it's not a godly principle. Democracy is a system of government where the people drive the agenda. The people drive the agenda. The kingdom of God has a king that drives the agenda. (laughs) And it's up to the people to follow his agenda. But what happens, bless you, but what, it's all right. But what happened was this, that we, even in the church, have become uncomfortable or uneasy with authority. And even those in authority have become a little uneasy with authority. I need a scribe. I would scribe, but I write in tongues which isn't really good. That's better. He had a volunteer last night, but if you don't have a volunteer, I will pick somebody. So that's even got you more worried. Uh, yeah, come on. That's good, because Anna's looking down again. I nearly picked Anna yesterday, and somebody else volunteered, and Anna was definitely looking down to the ground there. So I want you to write... When, when we do words, I want you to put just one word across, okay? But you're going to write on the top first the word authority. Then I'm going to... Maybe that one's better, Richard. I think that one was better last night. Oh, no, you're pretty good for a teacher, aren't you? Have you spelled it right? (laughs) If there's any spelling mistakes, let me know. Um, So the definition of authority is this. You're going to write this down. The power or right to give orders, comma, Make decisions, comma. And here's a good one. All the same definition is. And enforce obedience. Oh, we don't like that, do we? Forced obedience. Oh, he's going around the corner. 
right, so a little bit of interaction. Um, time's fleeing. There's no way I'm getting through this today, but we'll give it a go. We'll get started anyway and finish it in a couple of weeks. So what I want you guys to do is I want you to begin to shout out to Richard. The more difficult the spelling, the better. Um, <laughs> people or things that fit this description. Okay, so I'm going to start you off nice and easy, and I'm going to say police. I'm from Walker. We don't call them the police in Walker, but yeah. <laughs> I do now. <laughs> so, short turn. Anybody? Shout out. King. King? Another one? We have to keep going. Trust me, there's lots of authorities. Judge. Teachers, judge. Americans? <laughs> Actually, that's, um, that's probably more true than you think. <laughs> Sorry? President? Yeah? The Euro. European Europe, Europe, yeah. We had that one last night as well. Who? Parents. Very good one. Us. Sorry? Us? us? As, as in ourselves. Yeah, ourselves. That's a very good one. We had that last night as well. I don't know about question mark. We'll just put pastors. <laughs> pastors, church leaders, trustees. Trust, Lo yeah. Doctors, very good. Yeah. Doctors. Do we get that one? Anyone? The government. Does anybody think we should have God on here? Do you think? Think we should put him somewhere? What about Satan? Ooh, bad pastor. <laughs> I would like to put Satan down the bottom there. We'll put God at the top and Satan at the bottom. Yeah, partners. So husbands, wives, yeah, that's a good one. Anyone you submit to? I think we'll... Um, authority over ourselves. Authority over ourselves. Yeah, I think we do. We have ourselves down. Yeah, we've got ourselves. Okay. Angels? Angels? Different? I never had that one last night. So I'll take the pen. You can go, didn't he do well? Let's give him a round of applause. So, um, this is not an exhausted list by any stretch of the imagination, okay? But there are, there are some of these that are two-way. What I mean by that is, um, well, let's take teachers. So teachers input 
into our lives, but we can also be teachers. You don't have to be a teacher to be a teacher. You understand what I mean? So that level of authority can work two ways. So something like the police or a red light, you see a red light, you do not speed up, Vince, you stop. <laughs> Why do we stop at red lights? Because there's an authority that a red light has that makes you stop. Somebody put something in place that brought in a law that says if you run a red light, you'll get done, if not kill yourself. So we have authorities all over the park. So for instance, this, this teacher thing, for me, um, a few years back when we started Sozo, I, got a, I, got, I had to be, have a Sozo to be part of the Sozo team. And what happened was one of, the, um, one of my teacher's names came up in a Sozo that I hadn't thought of for 30 years. And, and when her name came up, is that, you know how the Holy Spirit leads you, if you know how the Sozo, the Holy Spirit leads you through this. And her name came up, I thought, God, why is, why is her name came up? I forgive her 30 years ago. And, and what this teacher did, uh, there are very good teachers, by the way, so I'm not knocking teachers. Teacher has a massive part to play in a, in a child's life. I think, yeah, and teach, well, yeah, anybody who's involved with that. Because I'll tell you for why, because I think they probably spend more time with a kid than sometimes the parents do. They have a huge part to play, so I'm not knocking teachers. What I'm trying to say is there are good teachers and there are bad teachers just like in any part of society. And if you get a bad teacher, boy, oh boy, can it be trouble. But if you get a good teacher, <laughs> boy, oh boy, can you be blessed and reach your potential. So I'm not knocking teachers, I'm just picking this one out and giving an example of my experience. So this teacher said to me, um, I, I hated school, didn't want to be a part of school, wanted to leave at the earliest convenience, um, which was 15 in my days, going way back, um, 15 in my days. And in my days, there was a lot of people, you could have a career on the dole, in my days. If you, there was a lot in the area I was from, it kind of council in a city area, there was a lot of people who I know had spent their lives on the dole. And that's, that's what they did. And this teacher spoke something over my life when I was 15. I was only became a Christian when I was 14, so I was really fresh, you know, rough from that estate, knew nothing really of God or the understandings of the, spir the spirituality aspect of people who have power in their authoritative state. Do we understand that? That there is a difference between people who hold authority when they speak into your life. Because they already have authority. So if a doctor, down here, if the doctor says to you, you are unwell, that's fine. But if he then says to you, you're going to be in pain for the rest of your life, that's not fine. Because this person has authority, and when he prophesies into your life, it can take root. So there are people who have authority that when they speak into your life, it can affect you. Some of you are getting this and some of you aren't. So when Jesus was going to be crucified, Pilate went to him, do you not know who I am? And Jesus said, you've got no authority unless the Father had given it to you. But the, he had authority. So this teacher said to me at the age of 15, leaving school, 
virtually no qualifications, hated the place, wanted out of it. And she said to me this, you're going to spend the rest of your life on the duel. What a thing for somebody to say. And even at that young age as a Christian, I knew that that was not right. Because I didn't enjoy school, and particularly because I didn't enjoy her, and particularly, yeah, it's a bit strange because she was a Christian. But particularly, yeah, let's just say this. Even at that point, I knew it was wrong. So I said to God, God, this is not right. That's not a right thing for her to say over my life. I didn't go into deep healing. I didn't understand all of that, but I just knew that that was a wrong statement to make over a child. I'm 56 now, and I've never had a day unemployed in my life. Thank God. Thank God. I've never been one day unemployed in my life. I left school on a Wednesday, and I started work on a Saturday, and I've worked hard ever since. Her prophecy, even though it came with authority, there was a greater authority (laughs) over my life that says something different. (laughs) So I don't know about you. I don't know whether your boss has spoken over your life or whether your parents, massive, massive job for parents. It's not until you have kids you understand how difficult it is to be a parent. And I can tell you, if you are a parent, that's a two-way street as well, isn't it? You've had input. We've all had inputs from our parents or carers. But when you become a parent, it goes the other way. So that which you've learned, that which you've learned, you begin to manifest. Just close your eyes. I want to pray for you guys. Maybe there's one or two as we've gone through that list you've just recognized like I did that, that there were certain people spoke into your life. Maybe, maybe it was a pastor. You know, I've been a pastor a long time. I don't always get it right. God forgive us. You forgive us. So the key here is that you forgive. You choose, you actively choose to forgive and then you choose the higher level of authority over your life so father I pray for my brothers and sisters here today and I pray where people of authority have spoken into their lives ungodly stuff I rebuke that and I break it this day in Jesus name and I declare over you that that has no more authority over your life to shape or to mold you or future generations before you or after you. I break its authority in Jesus' name and I place over you a new authority, a kingdom authority with the kingship of Jesus over that area that you will reach your full potential in Jesus' name. So can this stuff really affect us? There is a story. I'm going to put this pen down because I really will look like a teacher. Um, 
There is a, a time in the Bible where the children of Israel are marching through the desert and they come across the Gibeonites. And the leaders of the Israelites at those days, they were busy just kind of, as you know, wiping people out, you know, slaughtering them a bit and doing all that stuff that they do. And they come across the Gibeonites and, and what happened was this. They decided, they decided even though they had... Um, deceived us. The Gideonites have deceived the children of Israel. Even though they've deceived us, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll not kill this lot. They seem a nice bunch. Let's let them live and let's do them no harm, but they have to agree to come under our authority and submit to us. That was the deal. And that's what took place. So if I can just move you on slightly to 400 years later, <laughs> Saul, in his pursuit to wipe out the enemies of the Lord, and his enthusiasm, <laughs> doing a really good job, um, he wiped out some of the Gideonites in a particular camp, killed quite a few of them. Forty years on from that, David is experiencing a famine and a drought over the land. So he goes to the Lord and he says, Lord, what's this all about? And the Lord says to him, 40 years ago, Saul broke something that I'd set 400 years earlier. Wow. <laughs> so David says, what do I do? What do I do, God? You can read about this in 2 Samuel. And he says, I want you to go to the Gideonites, and I want you to say to the Gideonites, just tell me whatever you want, I'll do. Because of something that was decreed and declared 400 years, 440 years earlier, God was willing to send his king to the Gideonites to say, whatever you want, we'll do. Do you think some of this stuff matters? Do you think some of this stuff can still affect our lives? <laughs> I certainly do. Do you know what the Gideonites asked for? They asked for seven male descendants of Saul so they could hang them, kill them. Do you know what David did? He gave them them. <laughs> seven of them. Apart from, yeah, there was a little bit of a discussion around Mithibithibitheth, who was living with David at the time, who was a descendant of Saul. He, he didn't get home because he had an agreement to live in David's house. There is a higher level of authority over our lives, and we're to submit to that authority. There are other levels of authority in our lives, as we can clearly see. And I'm going to talk a lot next week about the nitty-gritties of this because actually uh, we, we need to understand the difference between power and authority. There is a big difference between the two. There is a big difference between the two. Um, let me just share a little bit more about me. So a couple of, week, a couple of months back, uh, it was a prophecy. Some of you were with me 
Um, we had a prophecy day, and people prophesied over me from the Glasgow Prophetic Center, and they prophesied over me publicly, and it was about having an apostolic father's anointing over the region, right? So I've had plenty of prophecies before. I've got a drawer full of them, so don't give me any more. Unless God really wants you to give me a prophecy, don't give me any more. This isn't a call for prophecy. Um, I've got tons of them, right? And on that day, there was something that they carried of an authority that went into my spirit. It wasn't one of those authorities where I could take it off them and put it in the drawer. It was something took place in my spirit. They spoke with authority over my life and something was birthed within me. Are you, are you tracking with me? Do you get what I'm saying? What's the difference between that prophecy and a prophecy that somebody else gave me? I believe they spoke with authority and it birthed something within me. Part of the prophecy was about me being over other leaders, me having a regional, apostolic, and, and, and uh, national um, anointing to be a father. That's quite a big prophecy, isn't it? That's quite a big prophecy. So I did what I normally do and did very little with it, shared it with the leadership here, shared it with one or two people um, who I trust in terms of their weighing up a prophecy. You do understand you have to weigh prophecy, don't you? As good as the prophecy is, you cannot be, you, you cannot be, you, you cannot be drawn to the prophecy because of the glitter. That sounds a good word. But it's not a good word when you get it in here. It might look good on paper. But when you get it in your gut, when you get it in your belly, it, it caused me weeks of unease wrestling with this thing. So we have to be careful what we prophesy into people's lives. But we also have to be careful how we receive it. So I shared it with one or two folk. God kind of bring this about. Anyway, a, a few, about two months back now, the Lord spoke to me in a vision. And he said to me, Alan, I'm going to give you eight names. And those names are eight people who have a father's apostolic anointing over this region. And he said to me, Alan, I want you to go and see every one of them personally and invite them to come to a meeting that you're going to set up. Thank you, God. To say I felt like Moses was an understatement. <laughs> but you know when something's been birthed in here, don't you? We do understand, we'll come on to this a bit more, but how we gain in authority is quite simple. We become obedient and submit. Yes, you, we will learn. We will learn that power and authority are two different things. We will learn that power is a gift. Authority is something that you can grow in. There'll be plenty of scriptures that will come with it. Don't worry. So I went to see all of these leaders. Some of them international, world-traveling leaders, but they're recognised over our region. 
Went to see every single one of them in their own office. And I said, the Lord said this to me, that he wants to set an authority in place over the region. That a house that's unruly is generally because the father's not in place. Or the father's silent. This sounds very arrogant, doesn't it? Let me just tell you, I've wrestled with this. (laughs) But what happened was this. I understood that God has an authoritative structure that unless it's in place, this region will stay in poverty. We'll not see the masses coming to Jesus. Because we need to have that released by the authority of the fathers. Some of you are tracking with me and some of you aren't, I know, but it's all right. I know I'm coming. And he said to me, when you go and see them, you tell them that you want this, this is not an ecumenical movement. This is a movement, a strategic movement that will set something up in the spirit. We're not on about plastering our names across billboards. This is a strategic movement of authority that sets something over our region that sees our region blessed. That's what they're for. Why did you choose those eight people? Because God gave me those eight people. That's why. And then he said to me this. He says, Alan, I want you to base it on John 17. Jesus' prayer. John 17. He said this. I have given them the glory that you give to me, that there may be one, as we're one, so that the world might know the Father's love. Have a read of it. Jesus' prayer. We do know Jesus is still praying, don't we? Not just John 17. but The Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for us. He's continually praying. So as one... So I want to see all of those giant leaders, little old Alan, sitting in the nice offices, sharing my heart and vision. He was off to Nigeria, he was off to Iceland, he was off to America, blah de blah de blah. Every single one of the leaders went, yes, Alan. Every single one of them. Count me into that, Alan. <laughs> oh. Hey. We had our first father's meeting last week. And we repented and we prayed. And we set something in authority over this region. (laughs) Why am I telling you about this? This isn't about Alan. This is about a growing sense of understanding the authority that we walk in. And how we need to learn to grow in that authority. Time has completely beaten me. But let me tell you this. When I set that meeting up, when I'd been around and seen them all and we set the date for the meeting, I get an email from the houses of commons house of parliament and they said we'd like to invite you to come and pray 
over the MPs. And then we'd like to invite you to stay for lunch, and we're going to bring leaders in from, uh, from, fr- from, from education and finance and media, and we'd like you to pray over them as well. It's true. It's true. I replied to the email and said, have you sent this to the right person? <laughs> That's true. That's exactly what I did. Have you sent this email to the right person? And they wrote back to me and said, of course we have. We've selected you from among the leaders of the nation to come and pray for this nation. What did I do to that? I did nothing. Other than begin to understand that I begin to carry, and I say this with all the reverence in my heart, an authority over a region. And I begin to believe it. I begin to receive it. And things are beginning to happen. Supernatural things are beginning to happen. I had the second Imran from a second mosque ring me two weeks ago. Asking if I could go and talk to their leaders. That's the second one. The first one I've met three times. With their leaders. What's going on there? I didn't ring them, they rang me. Something shifted in the level of authority that I'm beginning to walk in. Is this just for you, Alan? Are you some kind of super Christian? I'm certainly not some kind of super Christian. But I do think that we have been sold for years and years and years. It's all about the power. It's all about the power. It's all about the power. You shall receive power. It's all about power and authority. We understand this, that if we come up against a demon and we hit that demon with power, that demon will respond with power. It is a power on power thing. But if I come up against a demon with authority, hmm, that demon has no authority. Not higher than my authority. Yeah. So salvation is a gift. Yes? We're all on that track. Time's beating me. I'll finish with this. Salvation is a gift. Right? But our relationship with God requires work. Some of you are not so happy with that, but it's true. Your husband, your wife is a gift. Your marriage requires work. Yeah? It's exactly the same with God and the level of authority He wants to give you. Let me say this to you. If you want to move in greater authority, get closer to the authority source. In relationship. Because when I'm in relationship (laughs) with the authority, ha, 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 I've got nowhere near 
what I got done yesterday, but I'm going to leave it because time's gone. Let me say this to you. When I speak again, hopefully we can get through some of the understanding of this, that actually there was a point in time where we had authority when God created us. We gave our authority away when we believed the lie over the truth. And then Jesus came to restore our authority. <laughs> but listen, listen this. Jesus himself was a man under authority. All authority was not given to him until the resurrection. So we can learn a lot from Jesus. Because he had to grow in authority as well. Because he came, he became a man. He was God and he was sinless, but he became a man. And as a man, he was subject to some of the authorities. His rabbi. He was subject to some of those things as a man. And he had to grow in authority. And when the devil met Jesus in the desert, the devil understood that he had the authority of man. It says that he had the authority and the splendor because he offered it to Jesus. <laughs> Your authority and my authority, he offered to Jesus. Wow. So we look at that in a couple of weeks' time. I hope that's given you a little bit of a taster of what we're going to do. But one thing for sure is this. God will establish in this place people of authority so that you don't have to try, but when things are set in its correct place in heaven, and I'll bring some scriptures for this, it releases heaven to earth. And the way we've tried to do it in the past is we've tried to whip crack earth into submission. Something needs to take place in the heavenly realms, in the authoritative structure that is already in place. God has a throne. He has placed everything under the feet of Jesus. There is a flow down. And we've re resisted and rejected authority. But God says He wants us to understand that authority has its place in His church Amen. and in your life. Amen. Richie.